Hey everybody, today's episode is a <clears throat> sort of a rerun of sorts of a YouTube video I put up recently. So if you're only listening to the podcast version and you want to see my lovely face, you can go over to the YouTube channel, which I will link into the description. I don't have enough subscribers to have a, you know, a shortcut URL just yet, but um, I'll work on that and I'll get back to you on the shortcut. But for now, this episode is something that I've already worked through probably in a week or two ago. And I'm going to do this occasionally on a Friday episode where I just kind of rehash something that I thought was uh, a good a good video and works in audio as well. So without further ado, here it goes. Hey everybody, welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like Nintendo getting away with Italian stereotypes for years and years and years. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about Myers-Briggs, more specifically INTPs. I'm not really going to go into the specifics of... Um, Myers-Briggs itself and like how, what it is and how it was formed and all those things. I'm not really here for like factual informational situations like that. That's not how I roll. What I'm going to talk about is INTPs give you a little bit of information as to what an INTP is, how that relates to me and my life. And um, if you're an INTP, this could help you sort of define a little bit uh, of who you are. And if you live with an INTP or married to one, have a child INTP, there are a lot of misconceptions that can maybe help you define that INTP a little bit more uh, clearly so you can understand them and learn who they are and um, maybe be a little bit more forgiving about um, who they are and, and how they approach the world. So let's do it. Drums, please. <laughs> Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Erin Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. So INTPs, the reason I want to talk about this is because I am one and for that reason there have been a lot of misconceptions uh, even within myself about who I am and how I fit into the world. 
Um, INTPs are typically the most introverted of all of the types and typically the most academically intellectual of all the types. Uh, we have a lot of really good rationality and introverted, introverted thinking um, abilities that allow us to really navigate debates really well, don't mess with us, <laughs> and uh, really kind of uh, have a strong stream of consciousness. And the reason I kind of say a lot of ums and ahs and I'm not afraid to share it is because I'm trying to work on my stream of consciousness. I'm not very good at uh, putting, formulating my concepts into words in the moment. I need time to think about it. So I come to you after I've had some time this morning to think about what I want to talk about. So INTPs, and the reason that that relates to this uh, topic and mindset and mental health is because I think there are a lot of things I've been learning about myself the past few months. Um, ah, I need a drink. Hold on. Ah, better. Okay. Tea. Ugh. So, over the past few months I've been learning a little bit more about myself. I've been diving into more of my mental health journey, learning more about uh, what makes me tick. And while I know that there are going to be people in the comments saying Myers-Briggs is bullshit, uh, I'm going to say that it doesn't matter. <laughs> because I use Myers-Briggs as a framework to learn a little bit about myself. I'm not using it as the end-all be-all information about myself. I'm using it as a means to poke into my psyche and learn more about myself. The way that somebody might look at tarot cards as a means to kind of stimulate their conscious conscience and give them, or their consciousness, either, whatever, uh, to sort of stimulate some sort of thinking. And, and it's the same as asking questions. You know, you ask someone a question to kind of find out where they're at. And that's kind of what I've been doing with Myers-Briggs. I went through a divorce at the end of last year and um, been kind of reclaiming myself in a lot of ways. And I'm learning a lot of things about myself pre-divorce and post-divorce uh, and what those differences are. Because I feel like more my natural self now versus how I was then. So that's, that's a really big, it's a big difference. And, you know, maybe I'll go into that on some other episode. Uh, and the point is that these first few YouTube shows are going to be about me and uh, letting you guys get to know me as a person because that really defines how I speak about topics. And um, yeah, so let's go into INTP a little bit. So INTP is uh, a type that... <clears throat> Uh, I'm, I'm just going to break down kind of like the letters. So INTP, if you don't know the basics of Myers-Briggs, like go back and go into another channel, learn that, and then kind of come back a little bit. But I'll kind of try to break down uh, this, the generalities as much as I can. Uh, INTP, I versus E, introverted. So I'm an introvert. Uh, introvert versus extrovert means how you gather your energy, essentially. So I need time to myself to think about topics and ideas and people and... Um, situations so that I can make judgments and learn about things. I found that one major thing about my introverted thinking is that <clears throat> introverted thinking is my main sense of judging. So if I am judging outwardly, meaning if I'm listening to someone talk and I'm immediately making a judgment, it's more likely going to come out negative. But if I take the time to ask a question, I will be able to take that those answers uh, accumulate all the information, work through all of that information, and then from there I'll be able to discern how uh, a, a thought 
about that, a judgment that makes a little bit more rational sense and is not steeped in emotion, because INTPs are not very good with emotions, and we'll cover that a little bit later. But introvert versus extrovert means how you gather your energy. There are some introverts that like people, and there's some extroverts that don't like people. Uh, so it's not necessarily if you do or do not like people or prefer to be inside versus outside. It's about how you want to spend your time. Because INTPs are the most introverted, uh, but they are typically one of the most introverted and one of the more rare types, but also we don't necessarily want to be alone. We have some emotional aspects to us that we kind of like being around people, um, but we don't want to interact with people, <laughs> which is kind of an interesting, uh, uh, interesting, almost paradox there. You know, for instance, like an INTP will enjoy being at Starbucks around people with their headphones on, um, but maybe are dreading the idea of someone tapping on their shoulder and asking them a question or trying to engage in some random conversation or meaningless conversation. Uh, we will definitely avoid large crowds whenever possible and we'll take the time to, we, we do like to be out and about with people, but our time is limited. <laughs> it's like the clock is ticking as soon as we're outside. So to move on to the, <clears throat> to the next letter, which is N, N versus S. N stands for intuition, which is extroverted intuition. And I'll go into the cognitive functions after this, but N is intuitive versus S, which is observing. Uh, intuitive versus observing is intuitive is more like abstract thought and more thinking in the grander scheme of things in a lot of ways. Like you can see it as like big picture. Um, really depends on the cognitive function and how that's deployed, but for the most part, it's more of abstract thought versus uh, observing, which is a sensing function. Uh, and again, depending on whether that sensing is introverted or extroverted, it will define how you look at the present world. So S types more are more likely to look at um, what is versus what could be. And N types are more of like what could be. So N types in an INTP are a little bit more in the abstract. We work through logical ideas and rationality um, through ex exploration. Uh, you know, Albert Einstein is a really great example of this because people would see him as a genius and an intellectual person, but he was only able to subvert expectations of science by exploring and playing with new ideas. And that is responsible, that the N type there is responsible for that. Then the next letter is the T, T versus F, thinking versus feeling, which is a little bit more obvious uh, in terms of the description of it. Thinking types are a little bit more about um, using logic, rationality, numbers, science, specifics, um, sometimes details, sometimes not, depending on the other functions. But, um, and again, it depends on the introvert versus extrovert and where that falls in your cognitive stack, um, which is stuff I'll go into shortly. But for me, introverted thinking is my dominant function and it's what I do best. A good example of this is the other day, I think it was yesterday, um, my girlfriend and I, who is an ENFP, she will, um, she was kind of following me through the store and I made sure, a, a habit that I have is that if I feel like someone's looking over my shoulder, which I think is an INTP thing also, looking over my shoulder or following me, we feel kind of, in, we get a little bit jumbled because our our process is so internal that 
if we're trying to explain it externally or have someone watch us and we need to explain something, we can get a little bit jumbled if we haven't thought about how to explain it to someone. So, uh, for example, we were going through the grocery store and I had in my head how I was going to navigate the store and how I was going to go through it. She had to pick up a prescription and I, saw, I told her like, okay, I'm going to go do my thing. I'll meet you at this section. She got done a little bit sooner, found me at an earlier part of the store and um, I got a little bit thrown off track. And um, I just I just told her, and she's very understanding and she understands how I think. So I told her, I was like, okay, I'm, we're just gonna work through this. Uh, just follow me and keep up. Because if I was trying to explain out loud where I needed to go next, I would likely stumble or take too much time. Which is why, again, I say a lot of ums and ahs when I'm explaining something to you guys or talking because having to take that introverted thinking and define it into an external thinking or an external way of explaining it to someone takes an extra layer of thought. Whereas if you were just in my head, it would be like instantaneous. You would get it <laughs> and you'd be able to explain it really quickly. So I was navigating through the store and she kept up, which was great. She just kind of followed me through the store. I got, gathered everything I needed. I asked her questions when I needed to. And for the most part, we were in and out of the store in like five minutes. So that that's a pretty good example of that. And she's more of a feeling type. So she works through her emotions and kind of naturally feels things. Feeling types are a little bit hard for me to understand. <laughs> um, feeling types are, uh, feelings are a little bit difficult for INTPs to understand in general. We don't understand the logic of working through emotions. Um, we do for ourselves, but we often do in a logical fashion. Like we have to, we have to use our introverted thinking to work through emotions. We have to ask ourselves questions. And what's been helpful for her actually is me asking her questions, because asking questions is a means for me to get more connected to her and understand her a little bit better. So, and another thing about the introverted thinking, which is the dominant function, is that uh, sometimes if I'm excited about an idea or explaining something like I am now, it can seem like a run-on sentence. It, it just goes and goes. I go really fast and I talk a lot. And sometimes it can go in circles because of the end function, everything's very abstract. So I'm working through ideas and working through that process. So it seems like one long paragraph, which is something I'm kind of thinking about. I'm thinking about how to deploy that in video form. Like it works in podcasting, which is why I started a podcast, Dopamine.life. And um, it's easier for someone to absorb someone just talking that way. But on video, people expect some sort of differentiation, some sort of different change. Like I need people move their hands a lot on YouTube videos and they're like, oh, I'm explaining something. I'm doing this. And, and like they'll cut to a different location or they'll do whatever. And for me, that's, that's just not my style. Um, and you'll find that people who are a little bit more in tune with their emotions or how people convey ideas or, or people who are not as good at diving deep into technical ideas or philosophical ideas, I shouldn't say technical, it's more philosophical and uh, thinking type of ideas, uh, they, they might get a little bit worked up by that. They might get drained by me talking for 12, 15, 20 minutes. Whereas other types are like, oh, this is great. So I think another INTP might listen to this and they'll be making their own judgments during this talk. But after they go and coalesce it for a while, 
they will come back and maybe comment on the video. They'll comment, they'll probably comment during the video and say, Myers-Briggs is bullshit. Um, but they'll come back maybe a, a few days later and say like, you know what, I've thought about it and you're right in a lot of ways. Um, this made me think about this, but what do you think about this? And they'll probably pose a question as well, which I think is also interesting. Um, and, and, and it's most likely, again, like anything on this channel, I'm gonna put a grain of salt with it because um, I'm working through my internal thinking. I don't have any notes here. I'm just talking based on things that I've studied over the past few months. A few months, that's not a lot of time. Well, for an INTP, that is a lot of time because we are really good at processing and gaining information. Our research is intense. You will, if we get really, really, and it's really only when we're really into a topic. If we're really into an idea, we will dive in as far as possible and we will love it and we will enjoy it and we will just be able to express that to people in, in a matter of excitement. And that can be kind of a difficulty too is because the way that we show excitement and affection is through sharing knowledge and sometimes sharing that knowledge can be overwhelming. So sharing that thinking to a feeling type, for example, for my girlfriend who's an ENFP, I need to be aware of when she's exhausted of me talking. <laughs> I need to be aware that um, this is too much input for her from a thinking perspective and um, it's too much. And conversely, when she's in a situation where she's just like feeling something and there's just like raw emotion, I don't know what to do with that. There's there's kind of a, um, a difficult, tricky story. And by the way, this is gonna be a long video, sorry. <laughs> um, this kind of like a, a tricky, morally ambiguous story that I hope will not paint your judgment of me, but I'm hoping that it'll be a mean of like, means of like learning who I am. When I was about five or six years old, my older sister lived with us. She was a half, she's a half sister and um, we have different moms. And she was living with us for a little bit. And um, there was a time where, where she was, she's about a year and a half older than me. So she was about six or seven, I think. Um, maybe a year, give or take a year. I don't remember the exact dates or ages, but um, we were crowded around the dinner table and my dad told everyone that her mom passed away. Um, it was unfortunately a violent situation and um, was something that was um, very, very difficult for anyone to process. There was a lot of crying, everyone was really upset. And I remember standing there, like not, sh not being sure how to react. I felt like I was not necessarily, I wasn't reacting, I was observing. I was looking at like how everyone was reacting and thinking like, am I supposed to be doing this too? Should I be crying also? Like it wasn't that I wasn't aware that it was a sad situation, but the raw emotion aspect of it was something that I didn't connect with. I didn't understand why everyone was just like floods of tears to the point where I was almost like nervously laughing a little bit, like under my breath, like I was a kid and I was just like, I don't, what? I don't know what to do. I remember my mom looking at me and like, stop it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I basically just did everything I could to just kind of stay away. Like I, I just didn't know how to handle it, so I, I kept to myself. And and um, and that's a, that's a good example of how INTPs we we avoid 
intense emotions because we don't know how to deal with it. So you'll find that a lot of INTPs will be extra nice to people in a lot of situations. And it's really not always a noble thing. It's, it's kind of more about, it can be more of a cowardly thing sometimes actually. It can be more about avoiding um, intense emotions, you know, and that might keep us from saying everything that we really want to say in a moment. Uh, everything about irrationality. We might have, we might let someone have their irrationality so we don't have to deal with their emotional outburst. So that, that's a big one. And uh, so I'm going to go into the P, uh, the fourth letter, P, P versus J, perceiving versus judging. Uh, the P type is perceiving, which is more of the type that is independent. We like a lot of time to ourselves. We like to... We don't like to live within a structure or a framework. And INTPs in particular, we don't like to lead or be led. We just do not like that. We want to formulate our opinions ourselves. We want to work ourselves and we want to let other people work themselves as well. We will typically only work with people who are also self-sufficient and really good at you know, taking care of themselves. We're not interested in taking care of other people um, as we have a hard time taking care of ourselves. We like to keep our social life simple and um, we just don't want any complications. You know, if we could hire a cook and a maid, we will, because we don't want to take care of ourselves either. Sometimes INTPs can, especially younger, less mature INTPs, can let themselves go a little bit. You know, they can not shower for a few days because they're so focused on an idea or they just don't see the merit in it. <laughs> um, you know, or might stick to a very regimented diet that's easy to construct and easy to stay within. Because again, it's more about avoiding difficulties or really valuing our time and energy. Um, that's another thing about the P-type is that we're very focused on the things that we want to do. And that often doesn't mean working within the constraints of everyday life. Like we have to cook and clean and take care of ourselves and clean up like this is a mess right here in front of me. I've got a dirty dish. You can hear the clanking. <laughs> this is There's a reason you don't see right here <laughs> because it's a little bit messy. I'm gonna clean it up because I'm a more mature INTP and there's actually um, mature in the sense of um, phases. If you go to personalityjunkie.com there's a explanation of the personality types and how they fall into phases. Phase one is typically like childhood. Phase two is more like 20s to 30s. And then phase three is 30 and beyond. Uh, I'm 32 and I feel like as a result of my divorce, I'm starting to kind of push into phase three and be a little bit more in tune with who I am. Uh, perceiving types tend to not, uh, we care about passion in our careers, but not in the sense that is like traditional. Like we're not concerned with being a, a CEO, for example, in a lot of cases. Um, you may find some extreme cases of that, Bill Gates being an example of an INTP, um, but he also let go of that responsibility pretty quickly. <laughs> Whereas I think someone like Mark Zuckerberg, who is an INTJ, is still in it when he probably just doesn't need to be in it anymore. You know, um, uh, Bill Gates is a little bit more focused on philanthropic things at the moment and people stuff, which is something that we'll go into with the cognitive functions. Um, and I thought about making that a separate video, but let's just keep going. Cause I think if it's, if it gets to a half hour, which is like another 10 minutes, then maybe I'll cut it off. But um, 
I want to kind of continue this stream of consciousness, which is what I'm doing here. Which is why I do the podcast and why I do this. I like to just talk. <laughs> and if I hold an idea and, um, you know, ruminate on it, I might... Another thing about INTPs is that we'll work through an idea in our heads and we may not do something with it. Meaning we could do research on a topic and feel satisfied with what we know about it and then not necessarily do something with it. Which is why I feel like it's important when I, when I feel the drive to make this video, I need to sit here and do it. I need to get it done or it's just not going to happen. I may work through the script in my head. I may write the video in my head. I may edit everything in my head and know the topic and know what I'm going to do start to finish. And if I work through that, I may feel satisfied enough to not actually do it. It's kind of, it's interesting, but uh, that's pretty, pretty on point for who I am. So I'm going to go into the cognitive functions for INTPs a little bit, which are uh, T-I-N-E, S-I and F-E. And basically the first letter is, is um, the main function, which is thinking. And then the secondary letter, which is usually depicted as lowercase, is um, extroverted or introverted. So what's interesting about the Myers-Briggs stuff is that when you go into the cognitive functions, you start to learn a little bit more about why the perception of introvert versus extrovert is a little bit off where somebody's like, I, I, I like people, of course I'm an extrovert, but then they'll lose energy if they're with people for too long because some of their other functions help define who they are and kind of give them a little bit more insight into why an ISFJ, for example, likes people a lot, but maybe is not so expressive about their inner world and still needs time to themselves. And I know that because my ex-wife is an IS, ISFJ, most likely an ISFJ. Um, and what was interesting in that relationship, just to touch on that quickly, is that she had a lot of introverted thinking and feeling, um, and they were fairly lower on her stack. She was not, her, her introverted feeling was fairly high, but I am not good at sensing feelings. So unless she was able to convey her feelings outward, there's no way I would know at all what she would be thinking. So she would go through feeling, introverted feeling, and then kind of go into introverted thinking and get kind of lost in that and not really convey to me what she was feeling. And that would, um, we'd get into this stalemate basically where we're like in the same space, but we're not talking. And, but in our heads, there's like a million things going on. Um, so that, that's a good example of how one type might appear one way on the surface, but if you can really dive into the cognitive functions, you can learn a little bit more. So for INTP, the TI function is the introverted thinking, which I went into in quite a bit of detail, so I'm probably not going to touch on that too much again, but the general idea is that introverted thinking is the dominant function. Dominant meaning it's the one that should be in the driver's seat. It should be the one that's making decisions, making judgments, and it should be the type that is looking at every part of the scenarios that you're in and looking at the rationality, does this make sense, and um, making judgments based on that. So if, if other types, if other cognitive functions lower in the stack are trying to sneak into the driver's seat and make judgments, you know, things can go a little bit awry. So for example, 
the, uh, actually, you know, I'll go into an example as I go a little bit further. So the next function is extroverted intuition. An extroverted intuition is, like I said, intuition is more about abstract thought and thinking, but usually my abstract thought is more about the external world, more about the grander scheme of things, about how the world is going to improve from certain technologies, or if like a news story comes out, I tend to have an intuition about how that's going to affect the world at large. Maybe not people, but like, uh, but people, well, yeah, people and structures. And I think INTPs are really good at analyzing people from an outside perspective, almost like a zookeeper or like a zoologist uh, observing animals, as opposed to a therapist working one-on-one -on -one with somebody, which is why YouTube kind of works for me because I'm kind of talking to everybody. I'm not really talking to one person <laughs> and uh, I'm kind of sharing my findings and, um, and, and working through that, working through my observations of, of people and situations. So, it also fits abstract thought, like I said, with Albert Einstein being an extroverted intuition person, an INTP, he uh, was able to look at the grander scope of the universe and find the interconnected dots. There is a really good video about INTPs and, um, and how they are basically Neo from the Matrix and able to connect the dots. There's even mentions of like nihilism and a lot of concepts that INTPs tend to go deeply into. Um, that because we, we think on the bigger picture and sometimes that can lead us down a negative rabbit hole as well. Uh, and really that interconnectedness and kind of looking at the world as this web of manipulative or manipulatable, manipulatable, is that a word? <laughs> uh, movable um, strings and objects and uh, interconnected dots and people which is why INTPs, are, or, or rather Myers-Briggs, is so fascinating to me, because it allows me to kind of learn more about people, even if it is like a loose framework, again, because it's psychology that's uh, sometimes questionable to a lot of people, and I'm sure there, again, somebody in the comments being like, dude, what are you talking about? This isn't real. Um, and I'm not saying it is 100%, but I'm saying it's a really, really good framework because I'm finding that there is enough information and enough correlation to prove that this feels right and is true, uh, and, and allows me to allows me to connect with people a little bit better and make connections between people and the world and what's going on. You know, understanding that certain people are certain types allows me in my introverted thinking to rationalize how some people process. Sometimes my internal thinking, my introverted thinking, allows me to realize that. People are concerned with self-preservation more than most things. And it allows me to not take things personally because I just, I, I understand that um, people in the grander scheme of things are really only concerned with themselves and their individual needs. And um, as much as there are plenty of people in the world who are working to do philanthropic or big picture things, it's ultimately about satiating their own feelings and desires about the world. Um, and that sounds cynical, but it's more of like rationality and not cynicism. Like I'm not gonna stop someone from doing that because it does benefit the world. And it's good. It's, it's good that people care about themselves, but it's also important to, to, to approach things that way so that, you know, I don't take things personally. Uh, next function is the SI function, which is, um, introverted sensing. 
which typically means I'm very, um, uh, and well, actually the introverted sensing is the tertiary function, which means it's a little weaker. It's more of the, if you go to personality hacker on YouTube, they'll describe the car model. And the third function is more of the 10 year old child in the back seat who really shouldn't be driving. <laughs> uh, the introverted sensing is the type that will analyze your own information about your past, about your personal experiences. The S type is typically, um, sensing is more typically about your personal uh, experiences. SI specifically, SI is more about personal experiences. So, you know, I listen to a lot of music I listened to when I was a teenager. <laughs> Still, <laughs> I don't really listen to a lot of new stuff. And um, my extroverted intuition allows me the opportunity to listen to new things and gather information. But it's easy to get into what people call a cognitive loop. And everyone, every, every personality type has this with their dominant and tertiary functions. And mine exists as a TISI loop. So an example of that is if I have experienced a restaurant that had uh, had a bad experience there, like I went to a restaurant and I saw something in um, uh, maybe a bad experience that I felt was a bad experience, maybe not something obvious like a bug in my food, but maybe it was like too cold there or um, something that was a little bit more naturally uncomfortable. Um, maybe just the food wasn't good or this I got cut off. My camera was like, you should stop talking now. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but I'm going to keep going. TISI loop is what I was talking about and how it's easy for us to convince ourselves to stay inside, uh, or to, you know, stay away from the world or bad experiences and avoid them. And, uh, our TI allows us to rationalize that. Uh, so that's typically why I feel that INTPs or I shouldn't say I feel, but from what I've gathered and what I've read and what I've experienced is that INTPs are the most introverted because we can convince ourselves that there are bad things outside <laughs> and we shouldn't go deal with people, um, that this type of person is someone we shouldn't deal with, <clears throat> which is sometimes a little bit of the danger that I'm aware of with even, you know, studying Myers-Briggs is that I could make assumptions about a type of person and uh, stay kind of stuck within that assumption. You know, I may avoid SF types, for example, because they're more typically going to be traditional, uh, religious, and um, emotionally uh, judging. So, and that is something that INTPs don't find very rational and it's very maddening to us. So I may more likely to be more likely, be more likely, blah, to avoid those types altogether if I was living within my TISI loop. But that's why it's important to follow my extroverted intuition and kind of just, just trust myself to be able to go out into the world and experience new things and enjoy stuff. Um, so that's, that's a pretty big deal to do that. Uh, and then the final function is the FE, which is extroverted feeling, the lowest, and it's basically the three-year-old child in the uh, back seat. Uh, I would argue that the FE is what's driving me to have a podcast and to ex share my experiences and to share my emotions um, with people. You know, I went to therapy and uh, I enjoyed that, but I really still feel like I enjoy expressing my emotions outward to people. And 
sometimes that is a problem. <laughs> sometimes if I'm feeling something, my first reaction is I want to get on Twitter or I want to get on Facebook and I have to just spew everything that I'm feeling, even if there's no rationale behind it. And that can kind of tarnish reputation, which is something that INTPs are also surprisingly concerned with, is their reputation. We like to be seen as intelligent. We want to be seen as someone who actually cares about people and isn't someone who is just a recluse that doesn't have any interest in you know, out the outside world. And that couldn't be further from the truth. We do, we do like people, even if it is, we, we care about the harmonizing of people and we care about um, the perception of us. I think my FE, and a good example of this is that like my FE, my extroverted feeling, wants to have a YouTube channel, but I think the FE wants to have a YouTube channel that's like Casey Neistat, who is like out there and doing things and showing all sorts of different fun situations. Like I watch Casey Neistat and I'm like, oh, I want to be that. That's cool. But my introverted thinking is like, but you're not really like that. You, that's, you would be putting up a facade and that's going to take a lot of energy and work and that's not going to work. That's not sustainable. So this sort of situation where I'm sitting here and talking to the camera for a long time, feels more natural because it's genuinely less effort. It allows me to work stream of consciousness style and I'm not necessarily trying to overcompensate in any kind of way. I'm not trying to be more emotional than I am because while there are emotional tinges in what I say, it's more so through my introverted thinking that I'm able to discuss stream of consciousness and share ideas, thoughts, feelings, rationality, etc. If I came onto here and I just started like crying to you, it would be like gobbledygook. It'd just be like a complete mess. There would be no understanding, no rationality. And um, you would think I'm crazy because that's what happens. <laughs> um, and in my past, personally, I've made a lot of uh, judgments based on emotions and they've never gone well. No judgment I've ever made based on emotions has ever gone well, including my previous marriage. So, and, and you know, that sounds kind of harsh and terrible, but it's true. It's, it's like a, um, something I'm kind of working through and kind of mourning in a lot of ways and trying to understand um, why, why that wasn't working. Um, because, you know, for me, I try to make sure that I separate the fact that like, if, if my FE was in control, I'd be like, F this, F that, F her. <laughs> and that's not true. Like, I like her as a person. She's still rad and I still love and care for her as a person. She's the mother of my child and I am, you know, in awe of that. But in terms of the objectivity of our relationship and how we worked and how we weren't able to connect emotionally, um, that was a problem and I did not see a way out of that. I didn't see us being able to formulate that because it was so ingrained in who we were. And that's not something I ascertained in the moment via Myers-Briggs, by the way. So if somebody's gonna like say like, you shouldn't use Myers-Briggs to judge things, that's not what I did. I was, I'm kind of ascertaining that after the fact. And it's just making a lot more sense uh, based on what I know about her personality. So um, my extroverted feeling starts to kind of throw me off the rails a little bit too. So as I started to talk about that stuff, I was starting to kind of lose it <laughs> and, and lose the point of where I was going. Um, but 
for the most part, FE is something that is focused on, you know, how a uh, harmony, you know, not necessarily how I feel, but you know, how everybody is or feels or should be like, I'm, our FE is very uncomfortable with external emotions. We're very uncomfortable with people uh, crying for no discernible reason. Like it makes sense if, if, and, and it's funny because I said I use the word makes sense. I use the phrase makes sense. Uh, if it makes sense to be sad, then be sad. If it doesn't make sense to be sad, then I'm like, what are you doing? Stop or go so, go somewhere else because I can't. I, I have. I, I can't help you. I don't know. What, I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, one thing I am learning though through this is to ask more questions about people's emotions and learn more through cognition what's often called um, cognitive feeling versus empathic feeling. Uh, you know, INTPs are also are, are pretty good at, you know, despite not being good at um, dealing with other people's emotions, we're actually really good at reading people which is why I think we're really good at telling when emotional outbursts are unnecessary or are seemingly irrational. Um, I think that's also a weakness though. I think we need to be more sensitive. I think we're, we're capable of being uh, a bit harsh and mean uh, when we really don't mean to be. We just find that our rationality takes us in that direction. You know, like, it doesn't make sense to cry over this person. Why are you crying over this person? Stop it. Um, but instead, we should be asking more questions, uh, specifically, like, what is it about this situation that is making you upset? What is it about this person? Uh, you know, asking more specific uh, questions than that, of course. But, you know, that's, that's something on its own. Um, so I think that's a good place to wrap up. Uh, that was a good... That was a good long time, a good 30 plus minute uh, video. And some of these are gonna be a little bit longer. Uh, I'm gonna post this on the podcast too because it's a longer one. Um, but hopefully this is something you found interesting. I've been thinking about how to kind of, you know, like I mentioned before, like introverted thinking is kind of like a run on sentence. And I'm sure for some people who aren't who aren't in tune or, or aren't able to pay attention for this long, they, are going to have trouble. So I am down for some suggestions on how to break that up, but in a simple way. Um, a lot of people will change locations. I'm probably not going to do that. I want something that will still foster my stream of consciousness and allow me to work through. Like, you know, for instance, I mentioned Casey Neistat before, and something that always amazes me is his ability to string together a conscious thought in different locations. Like it all comes off as one sentence, but it's through three different locations. And I can't do that because if I were talking to you here and I decided to go take a drive and set up in an alley or something, I would forget what I was talking about. I'd have to review the words. I'd have to like, it would just take way too much time. And again, I value my time and energy. So, you know, I've been playing with the idea of like, maybe I change color grading when I change topics or, um, change lighting or something. I don't know. Um, something that doesn't require effort while I'm talking, but maybe something I can do um, post-production wise to uh, to split things up a little bit. You know, I don't know, maybe flip the image or something and have me appear over here <laughs> or, or 
you know, it would be nice to have, um, I'm not using a 4K camera, but it would be nice to like, if I had a 4K camera, or if I just wanted to do something where I'm shooting in 720p and I just do kind of like a crop and then crop out when I'm changing topics or something. I know some YouTubers do that and I don't like to do jump cuts. So uh, I got to think about that as well. So, but I, I'm down for different ideas and I'm going to explore things as I grow this channel. And I'm sure you'll see things change. But the idea here again is I want to let you guys know who I am. Um, how I think so that you can better understand the stuff that is going to come to this channel as I go forward. So I appreciate you for staying around this long. This has been um, quite the brain dump that I feel quite satisfied about, to be honest. And uh, I hope you learned something. Please ask questions if you have questions. I would appreciate that instead of getting upset, looking at you ST, STP types, instead of getting upset <laughs> or uh, getting, um, just having an immediate sort of angry reaction of based on anything I've said or Myers-Briggs in general or anything like that. I want to encourage people to ask questions. <clears throat> and, uh, one last thought is that one of the things I do want to break down in the future is the difference between INTP and the mental health issues that I've been having, because that's something that, um, is interesting on its own. And another reason I've been diving into Myers-Briggs is to differentiate like who, what is me versus what is this stuff that's going on in my brain? You know what I mean? So from there, I want to, uh, I want to say thank you. I appreciate you guys and I'll catch you next time. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. Otherwise you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is Christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later. Baby, I'm a fiend. I'm a fiend. Oh, you know, you got me going off your dopamine. All I really need for you to put me on to the recipe yeah. Ooh, purple flowers candy showers in the air you dance for hours as i watch from overhead it's a my team you got me going off your dopamine yeah it's a my team you got me going off your dopamine